1: Coach Mowoy, how you doing? How about yourself? Pretty good. Um, So I'm kind of working on a a story here about um, just like your connections with um, all the Polynesian players um, and that you guys have had a lot of success recruiting Polynesian players recently. And I'm just wondering, you yourself uh, attending UW, just like, I mean, why do you think guys want to come to UW and why is it a destination for a lot of Polynesian players?
2: Well, you know, we we have a, a huge Polynesian culture here. You know, when, when I was here, both Seattle and Tacoma uh, were loaded with Polynesians back in the day. Um, also, the connection between each person. You know, when when I was recruited, um, Al Tufono was here. He was a former player and he became a graduate assistant. That became the connection. You know, Willie Naloyal uh, was also here. So there are some people from Hawaii that was already here. Uh, Paxton Tailele was here. And so that's how, to me, I think everything started. Coach Lambright at the time, majored in in Hawaii and trying to bring Polynesia from there. My class, I believe we had seven of us that came up together. Uh, and then, like I said, the culture here is what is, it, it makes Seattle feel home to me. Like To me, this is my home. If I'm not going to Hawaii, I'm staying here uh, because of the people. I think the people are, are very welcoming of that. The culture of this program is very welcoming of that. Uh, and then from here, I think it just opens your eyes uh, being Polynesian and having our tight knit culture and then learning the Husky way, you know, and then kind of broadening your vision on that. And I think from there, you know, my advantage is, is that I am, I am a Husky. So not only can I talk about the Polynesian culture and how my, my wife and I will bring people over for dinner, no no different than what they already do in their own homes, but I can tell you their experience while they're here. So I think everything that we have is built around that and that's why I think that's why we're
3: successful at it let me ask coach Molloy just to tip your uh, visor back just a touch Make, mm. uh, you can do that too yeah <laughs> and then uh, we'll go, go dan Reilly and then lars hansen go ahead dan really
4: yeah. coach what's <clears throat> what's been the issue with the defensive line so far from what I can see you've had to shuffle guys in and out for whatever reason and and it seems like they're having a little bit of trouble getting a push on the others against the other side what, what do you absolutely
2: see? Yeah, well, I think you mentioned it, you know, one is trying to fit, fit the, the missing pieces or some missing pieces and you're trying to mix and match, but, but ultimately it'll come down to details and the techniques of, of what we're teaching and, and what is not being executed. You know, so as a coach, you know, I take that personal because I think it's a direct reflection of that. You know, I think when the, when the defensive line is playing horrible, that's, that's solely on me. So uh, my job is to make sure that that doesn't happen this weekend. We started on Sunday and we were hitting sleds. Uh, the day after a game and, and to make a point, you know, and I look forward to those guys being really physical this Saturday against, against our rival.
3: All right, Lars Hanson, and then Mike Varell, Go ahead, Lars. Hey coach, just what have you seen from Tule what, since
1: he's been able to get in the past couple of games and what are you looking to see from him this, this Saturday?
3: You
2: know, I, I think this will be his best game. You know, I think we have to get the rust off of him. And, and even though he played a lot of ball previously, it's nothing like trying to get back to it. So, you know, he's kind of got a lot of the rust off and, his confidence is back. He's ready to go again. Uh, he's built the confidence back up in our room, you know, because those guys were, were depending on, on Thule and so were we. So really looking forward to him uh, shining this Saturday.
3: All right, Mike Varell, and then Kim Grinolds, Go ahead, Mike.
2: Yeah, uh, Coach, you mentioned it a little bit, but
1: I'm just wondering, you know, four games in, if you could kind of give us the evaluation of your group
2: as a whole and how you feel like the group is done um, comprehensively progressing is probably the nicest way I can say it. Um, we're, we're not where we should be at all, by no means. And You know, from a, from the standards that we set uh, to the standards of Husky football and, and what every D lineman out there knows what it is. You know, and, and I talked to Randy Hart still to today and I, I guarantee you he's not pleased with, with the standard of, of what we are, you know, what we stand for. So uh, we got our work cut out for us. You know, I, I think what is expected of our line is, is is expected of them as well. You know, what, they, what the fans expect of a, of a Husky defensive line, uh, I promise you, they understand it and they expect it and, and they accept it, but we got to go out and perform. We got we to show Husky Nation as well as ourselves that we can be what everybody knows to be the standard of defensive
0: line play here at University of Washington. All
3: right, Kim Grinolds and then Anthony. Go ahead, Kim.
0: Hey, Coach. You've had some really good defensive linemen come through the program, Danny Shelton, Vita Vey, Greg Gaines. Is it fair to put those kind of expectations... Um, on the young guys that you have right now?
2: Absolutely. You know, from the time that you recruit them and, and uh, trying to give them a vision of what they can be, absolutely. You know, and we're playing with some young guys, you know, Vita, Greg, Danny, those guys had time to develop and, and these guys are learning on the run. You know, Vita and Greg, I mean, Vita had Danny in front of him. Greg had Vita in front of him. Levi had both of them in front. So they had guys to not only see and watch, but, but being tutelage as they're playing, you know, you got, you got Tui and Jacob, who are freshmen that are out there, and they got to learn in the fire. But the expectations, I promise you, is exactly the same. I mean, those guys should – I mean, Vita them, you know, they call all the time. Great calls all the time. And, you know, they, they're excited for our guys. But the expectation, like I said, you know, it's very high. And I, I think they expect it of themselves as well. You know, so whatever extra work we're doing film-wise or out on, out on the field when practice is done – Uh, they want to make sure that they they hold up to that expectations of of everybody
3: all right anthony and then chris fetters go ahead anthony
1: yeah you kind of just touched on that but like you know with kind of the lack of uh, social life and everything else right now um i mean what have you seen especially from the young guys and like do you think they're working harder than like the average year or i mean are they just really honing in on to the film right
2: now I think that's, that, that is an issue, you know, but I I also think that everybody has the same issue, you know, so we're trying to be a little bit more creative in what they can do at home within their bubble that can somewhat translate over to the field without actually being out on the field and having access like everybody, you know, having access like before you can just go out there and hit the sleds uh, until the sun falls, you know, but uh, that's, that's part of the issue, you know, but it doesn't, it's no, it's no excuse, I, I will say that, for, for how physical we should be right now. So we try to get pre-practice in, we try to get a post-practice workout in, and then everything else is really studying the film and the details and the footwork and the hand placement to try to move forward and progress as fast as we can.
3: All right, Chris Fetters and then Lars. Go ahead,
4: Chris. Yeah, Kaika, move it outside a little bit. You know, we've seen the progression of guys in the past like Joe, and Ryan Bowman. And now Zion is obviously doing his thing. Yep. But then you're also having to ask guys like Savell and Cooper to, to really hone in because you don't have Ryan or you don't have Laatu or some of these other guys talk to me about the process of trying to get those guys. Cause you talked about the physicality of it and, right. and really having to throw them into the fire. What are the right. difficulties they're really having to face? Cause it sure looks like they're, they're really having to kind of go through and search right now. Absolutely. You know,
2: one of them is, it's just not having enough experience to go against the best of the best. You know, I think in the last two weeks, now going on to the third week, these are the three most physical teams that we have faced thus far. And and usually in the Pac-12, those guys are very, very physical. Utah, Stanford, and now now Oregon. You know, to, to try to st- simulate that sometimes on scout team is a little difficult. And when you're successful, sometimes against scout team, and then you show up on game day, and those guys are just as talented as you, bigger than you, and then even better on, on their technique. Uh, it, it's definitely a learning curve uh, for Seville and for Cooper. What they do well is their effort and they're willing to learn. You know, so how does that translate to physicality? Not that much, you know, in terms of just getting experience and being able to hit someone over and over and then understand the different techniques that are needed based on the block. And that's something that we're trying to speed up as fast as we can. You know, so Coach K, I think, is doing a great job at least putting us in position so that they can be successful, giving them calls that will make it simple for them to execute. But, you know, then it comes down to just the, the experience part of playing against, you know, Pac-12 athletes. All right.
3: We'll wrap up with uh, four more. It looks like now, uh, Lars, oh, we've got five more now. So let's go with Lars and then Kim. Go ahead, Lars. Hey, Coach, I know you were a pretty uh, crucial
1: recruiter to get Zion from Hawaii. Just talk about the process to get him here and what you've seen and just the impact he's made this season. Well,
2: it was a long time coming for him, I, I will say that. You know, his recruiting part was, you know, first from film and the, uh, our interns finding him. And then really what happened was we were, we were um, recruiting Sama. And Sama and Zion has went, went against each other at least three times that particular year. And when you saw Zion, you said, you know, you got to go check him out. I saw him at the school. Uh, his, he was naturally talented. You know, the stuff that he has, there's so much natural ability about him. Uh, he was, I want to say, 215, two, maybe 220, at the, you know, and he played four sports, none of which he lifted weights at all. You know, paddling would have been the only thing that would be strenuous on his body that he would build from. But he played volleyball, which all of his explosion came out from. So there's so much top-end stuff for him that, that, you know, I think the ceiling was limitless at the time. So when he came here and he was pass rushing against Trey Adams, you could see the talent that he had. And if we could just hone in on that, um, we knew that he could be a really good player. And, you know, opportunity came for him this year. And I think everything that he's done up to this point, you know, he's put on 50 pounds uh, up to this point, you know, I think has become from him, from him working hard and finally getting an opportunity.
3: All right, Kim and then Mike, go ahead, Kim.
0: Coach, you mentioned your conversation with Randy Hart. Um, He's one of a kind for sure. Do you ever find yourself uh, channeling your – inner Randy Hart out on the practice field and what kind of things have you picked up from him and does that show in the practice field at all? Yeah, absolutely. You know, ever
2: since I started this profession, you know, Randy has been a big part of it. He, he, he's always my mentor in everything we do. When when we could have people around, uh, he and I will watch film together, you know, so he will always be a part of my life as a mentor, especially in his profession and how well respected he is. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of Randy-isms and, you know, that to me just shows how much influence he had on me and the stuff that he's taught that is embedded in me as a a coach and one of them is toughness you know to to push people I remember him always saying you know you're never tired enough until you just pass out then you know you're tired Uh, and those are like little things that he would use to push people mentally as well as physically but it's things like that I, I think the mental part of it that Randy brought to this game as well as you know the technique that he's taught uh, those are the things that I, I truly carry with. And then he's kind of my, my grader at times. You know, how do we do it? What did you see? What was the technique like? I mean, that guy's still sharp. And, you know, I, for a person like that with so much knowledge, it would be, it would be foolish of me to not take advantage of, of his wisdom.
3: All right, I'll try to rip through three more. Elijah's here and waiting. So we'll go with Mike Varel, then Dan Reilly, then Moz. Go ahead, Mike.
2: Yeah, Kaika, I'm just
1: wondering, what's your evaluation been of Taki so far? And what, what's the next step for him?
2: The next step is making plays. You know, he's a, he's a road grader. I think people know him as that and he can knock off and hold the point, but, but for him, it's about making plays. It's about getting off. It's about what, what Danny's do. Danny could hold the point, but also make plays when those ball carriers are coming at him. Uh, And that's what's, you know, he knows that, you know, if you ask him, he'll know that. And, And that's the next step for him, not just known as eating up double teams and, holding the point and and making it easy for linebackers to make plays. But for him to take the next step, he needs to get off a block and go tackle the football.
3: All right, Dan, and then Mosk. Go ahead, Dan.
4: Coach uh, Latu is supposed to be a starter this year. We haven't seen him. Does he still have a chance to play this year as the season winds down?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. He's progressing every day. And, you know, the the trainers are doing a great job with him. You know, I think that that'll be uh, between the trainers and, and coach coach Lake in terms of how his health is, but, you know, everything is, you know, you know how we are. Everything is about a person's health and making sure he can be 100% before he even decides to come back on the field. But that what Laiatu brings is just his energy. I mean, he's always smiling on the field. Uh, he still is locked in to, to what the game plan is so he can teach on the field. So he's just as instrumental right now without pads on as he was with pads on,
3: especially how young we are in that room. All right, Mazvi, must, must the last question. Go ahead, Mazvi.
0: Yeah. Hey, coach, I'm just wondering the messaging with young guys from, uh, you know, watching film, being physical and then just executing and not overthinking anything in the game. And especially your first road game and against a rival.
2: Try to make it as simple as possible for them, you know, so they can key on one person, try to be as physical as they can with that person and then go hunt the ball. But but, you know, being young, that's part of the the learning process, right? Do they know about the rival? Yes. Do they feel it? Do they understand it? Um, are they fully embedded in it? Not yet. You know, those, that's why, you know, you got like Elijah Molden, those guys, the leaders of the group that have to pass that on. You know, and that's the unfortunate part about being being young. But like I said before, the expectations of you understanding how important this game is. I mean, I'm talking about just the rival itself and what it stands for let alone the Pac-12 North Championship. This rival itself means so much to Husky Nation, right? that important has to be in his body, in his heart, before he walks on that field on Saturday. So we got four more days to make sure all those freshmen understand it and they're playing for Husky Nation.
4: This episode
1: is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
3: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Looks like uh, Elijah's ready, so we'll get it started with Mike Farrell. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Yeah, Elijah, this was kind of assumed, but I know that Jimmy said for sure that you're not coming back next season. And I'm wondering just why is this the right time for you to move on? And also, are you starting to feel that that you're coming down to the end here?
0: Um, That's a good question. I think I just knew, I mean, first of all, in my heart, I felt like I needed to come back for this year uh, for my team, for my coaches for the and whatnot. Uh, but also for myself, too, I needed to put you know, I feel like I needed to prove myself um, and show that I'm the player I think I I think I am. Deep down, though, I, I do feel like that. Yeah, this this is my last season. I feel like I've proved enough. Um, I put enough plays on tape, and you know, now I, I need to take that next step.
3: All right, Mazvita, then Lauren, please.
0: Yeah, staying on that kind of the, uh, the end here. Uh, what is it like, you know, going up against Oregon, and and how much is that? kind of a factor the coach is talking about the rivalry rivalry game and so as you look at the last game coming up against your rival, what thoughts are there obviously the important to mm-hmm. winning, but playing Oregon what's there for you yeah I mean to us this is our you know most competitive rivalry game and to our fans it's, it's the same as well so you know this this game definitely holds more value than than others and Um, you know, now put the, you know, the situation we're in with the Pac-12 North on top of it, then it's even of more importance. So, um, and also it's, you know, individually speaking, playing my last game in my home state, that'll be fun.
3: All right, Lauren, and then Lars, and then Chris Fetters. Go ahead, Lauren
0: kind of along those same lines, I mean, you mentioned playing for the Pac-12 North. Uh, when you decided to come back, is this kind of situation, playing Oregon for the North in your home state, is this kind of how you would have wanted to kind of wrap things up here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, they're a good team. You know, every year, you know, they, they definitely win games and they have good players. So, you know, I, did, I mean, I wasn't thinking I would be in the position I am now. And, you know, as a team, we'd be in this position. Um, but we are so now we just got to take it day by day and then you know prepare for saturday
3: lars and then chris fetters go ahead lars
1: yeah well, just how much do you feel the last two games have really helped you guys locked in as the season kind of comes to a close here just to kind of fine-tune everything and especially in the secondary
0: you said how how do we lock in you
1: no know, how do you feel you guys have locked in the past two games given how the two game, last two games have gone how do you feel that helps you going into the end of the season
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we definitely, we, we started slow all the way around, you know, in the secondary. We always say that big plays run through us. And, you know, when the team comes out, two teams come out first half and score 21 points on us. We feel like that's on our shoulders. So, you know, this week and, and, and the following weeks, we, we, uh, we need to prove ourselves again. And, you know, start fast. And we, we prepare the same way every week, you know, watch tons of film uh, deliberate practice or whatnot. But now we need to really just hone in on the details the little things.
3: All right, we'll go with Chris and then Anthony. Go ahead, Chris.
4: Yeah, Elijah, you, you talked about setting the tone and obviously when, when you defer and, and, and you're playing defense to start the games, the last couple of games, can you talk at all? Have you been able to pinpoint kind of what's gone wrong or, or in terms of energy or scheme or anything that, that has kind of seen how the first, uh, first quarters have been going for you guys last couple of games? I feel like
0: it's just the, um, I mean, there's so many factors to think about. For one, we need to, you know, have that sense of urgency coming out, coming out, you know, the tunnel for, for the first half. And we need to, you know, focus on starting fast. You know, yes, we're a good team. Yes, we're a good uh, second half team, you know, but that's not going to cut it as you, as you saw last week. So we need to play, you know, not just two quarters of, of physical, uh, not just two quarters of, you know, good football, but all four quarters.
3: All right, Anthony, then Mike Farrell, then Dan. Go ahead, Anthony.
1: Yeah, we've seen – we saw you play a couple different positions um, last week or last Saturday, and um, how do you think that you kind of fit in um, in the NFL or in your future career just like, you know, on the field? What do you think you're going to play?
0: Dude, I think that's for my future team to decide. Um, I I view myself as a defensive back. I feel like I can play corner, nickel, or, or safety. Um, I am most comfortable at nickel and, and safety. So if I had to take guess, I'd probably say those positions, but um, I think versatility is, is something I pride myself on. So I'll be ready for whatever.
3: All right. We'll stay with the five hands we have up right now. Go ahead, Mike Varel, then Dan. Go ahead, Mike.
0: Yeah, Elijah,
1: obviously it's well known, you know, your family's connection to the University of Oregon and growing up there. And I'm just wondering, have those games meant more to you at all because of that? And also, I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch of times, but how close were you to going to Oregon during the recruiting process?
0: Um, yeah, I was pretty close because, you know, I, I did want to be that, you know, I didn't want to follow my dad's footsteps. Obviously he's, he's one of a He's a duck. He's a duck. Great. And, you know, I, I watched going to college football games. I go to Oregon games, um, but kind of through recruiting and, you know, growing up, I kind of, I wanted to find my own path and, and um you know, make a name for myself individually. And that's what I've done here. I mean, I came to UW and I mean, everything has, you know, has paid off for me Uh, in terms of like what this game means to me individually. I don't think it, like I said, this is a rivalry game, you know, so I'm going to treat it that way. It's not like, you know, I'm I'm getting smack talk from my friends back home or, you know, or my dad's talking. It's, you know, the people who love me are going to support me. So that's all I care about.
3: All right, Dan Rayleigh, then Tony. Go ahead, Dan.
4: Elijah, as your career winds down, Oregon is the only game that is scheduled. Would you like to see an Apple Cup uh, resurrected, and do you expect to play in a bowl game?
0: I would not like to see an Apple Cup resurrected because I like to be playing the pac 12 championship. Um, and in terms of the bowl game, I'm not I'm not entirely sure yet. You know, we're, t- we're just taking it one game at a time, uh, focusing on, you know, what we can handle, what, you know, my body, too, and, and my health. And, um, you know, obviously I want to I play football. That's why I came back for the year.
3: Tony and then Kim Grinolds. Tony, go ahead. Elijah, well, staying on that um,
4: that message about uh, just the way these games have gone in the past, the, the rivalry nature here, um, what's your earliest memory of Washington versus Oregon? And um, did that game as a kid seem like a game to you?
0: First memory of Washington versus Oregon. Honestly, I wasn't really fully aware of the rivalry until I was a recruit. And I took my official visit to Oregon when um, Washington put up 70 points. And that was when I was kind of introduced to the rivalry. You know, in my house, it wasn't – it was more so Oregon State versus Oregon. Um, You know, and then from there, the fans really make the rivalry what it is. You know, and, and the fact that Oregon's a good competitor too. So,
3: yeah. All right, Kim Reynolds, and we'll wrap it up with Chris. Go ahead, Kim.
0: Elijah, how does the defense change when you go back to safety, and uh, what does it change when uh, – or how does it look when Kyler's on the field? Yeah, Kyler's a freak athlete, you know, so – and that's why um, that's why our coaches decided to put him on the field and and move me back to free safety, um, which, you know, I'm, I'm going to listen to coaches. I'll do whatever they say to me to do that. They can tell me to play linebacker. I'll play linebacker. Um I think it just adds a different feel to our defense just because obviously I'm not as close to the line of scrimmage. I'm more kind of 15 yards back, 15, 20 yards back, uh, patrolling the defense and protecting, you know, big plays from happening. So um, in the sense, I don't I'm not going to create as many big plays, but I'll be there
4: to erase the potential big ones.
3: All right. Uh, Chris Fetters, last question. Go ahead, Chris.
4: Yeah, Elijah, actual Oregon question here. Uh, Tyler Shuck, do you, you see any comparisons to Herbert? Do you, what, do you, what do you like about him? What do, you, what do you think he poses in terms of a threat at quarterback?
0: I think he's a good athlete, you know. Oregon's always going to have a good athlete back there. <laughs>